ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Somebody say, well, I'm from New York, so I'm from Maslin. You know how I hate to lose. I hate to lose. Welcome to a special McKinley Week edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell and a man who I believe I said last time that if he made any more appearances, he'd just be a guest and he'd just be a co-host at this point. Strength and conditioning coach Dan Studer. How's everybody doing today? Pretty good. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Hey. Thanks for uh, allowing me to reach co-host status here yeah. on the Black Swarm Podcast. It's an honor. Well, you know, you're on here for like 25% of the episode, so <laughs> might as well get some higher billing at some point. Always enjoy coming, man. Excited yeah. to be here. All right, we enjoy having you. So, it's McKinley week, you know? It's a special time of the year. It's Christmas time in Madison, Ohio. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas, birthdays, New Year's, 4th of July, Yom Kippur, even though I don't know what that holiday is, all wrapped up into one. <laughs> so, uh, how's the uh, how's the team feeling heading into this? You know, 9-0 and again and uh, looking pretty good? Yeah, I mean, we're excited. It's... Uh very similar to last year when I was here on a on a podcast nine and know um you know I think we're still kind of ramping up in the season um you know we obviously one of our goals this year was to um, make a playoff run we've clinched that home game not that we're looking ahead or anything but um you know we're still kind of ramping up to to get where the, where the games really count, and uh, I think that starts now. You know, our you know our first goal. I think one of our first major goals is always beating McKinley. So now that we're here, now that we're in a position that we know that uh, uh, we're going to make the playoffs, and you know, clinching that home game is pretty big. Um, but we're able to just kind of lock in and focus on McKinley this week, um, and uh, we're pretty excited because. Uh, we got a good McKinley team that we're going to face next week, and it's uh, I don't know, just to me it means a little bit more uh, when there's a little bit more on the line. So we're excited to, to to have the challenge, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to face some adversity going into the playoffs. Because um, I don't know that we've really had that game where we've really been pushed. I mean, we've had some we've had some some challenging games, but. You know, we didn't have the East St. Louis that we had last year. Um, and uh, I think even though McKinley was tough last year, uh, that was a hell of a game. But I think we're going to get that next week with McKinley, and I think that's something that we need. And uh, I'm just looking forward for the opportunity to have our kids go out and knock the, 
not to crack out of them bulldogs and and get after them. It's gonna be good. Yeah. So I mean, like Hank said, it's McKinley week, biggest week of the year for us Tiger fans. Um, from a coach perspective, an administrator perspective, um, being around a lot of the kids, how is this week and everything that goes with it just different? Well, I mean, it starts actually started um, before the game last night. When we get out of school on Friday, we have a whole crew of students and teachers that are that start decorating, um, and they've been going. They go at it Friday. Um, right after school up until about midnight. Um, they come back Saturday morning. They work straight through till late tonight, probably right around midnight tonight. And then they'll be, then they'll have, you know, they have shifts and then they'll come back in on Sunday and they'll work until about five. Uh, the administrative staff will go in tomorrow afternoon about six. Um, all of us principals kind of check the things out, make sure everything's uh, up to code. I guess you would say, um, and then you know everything. It's just you know it's 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 hard to explain for anybody that's never really experienced it. Um, I know most of our listeners are 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 know know what it's all about, but it's just a special feeling, um, and, it, and it's something that you can't get anywhere else. It's it's you know being a, being in, in in other school districts throughout the state and and seeing how. What you might call normal people live, um, having a week like McKinley Week, it just it, it, you, you couldn't do it anywhere but Maslin. That's what makes it special, because everybody's into it. I mean, you know, it, it's not just the football fans. It's not just um, you know the players or the people surrounding the players or the people close to the players. It, all of our students get into McKinley Week. Um, all the in the community support and all that stuff so it's something that's hard to put into words but it's special it's busy it's, it's kind of chaotic um now that i'm on the coaching and the administrative side of things uh, but i wouldn't change it for the world uh, really excited about it it's a great time of year um you know it's just it is what it is and it's awesome yeah by the time this episode airs we'll have already had our lewisville recap episode out but while we're kind of on the subject of McKinley Week and the start of it, mm-hmm. how do you keep the team from like looking ahead to McKinley Week when everything's starting to ramp up when they still have a game that night against Louisville and against what I think most of us assume to be a lesser opponent than us? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't think I think the last two years, I mean this year and last year, I, I don't think it was as big of a challenge. Um, because it was Louisville, and there was so much hype surrounded the game. I mean, I mean, last year, we I think we were definitely expecting a little bit more of a challenge than what we got. Um, you know, I think their pregame uh, antics antics uh, didn't help them by any means. Um, and you know, last you know, I, I thought last night was 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 a good game for the most part. I mean, I think definitely think we could have played a little bit better. Um, but they definitely were a tough football team. Um, they came out ready to play. They had a good game plan, and um, you know, like I said, it was it was one of the harder harder games that we've had this year, probably. Um, so I don't think I think when when you have uh, just more of a higher profile game like that, where it's where it's a closer team community, you know, they're Louisville or whatever, it's. It, it's easier to keep them focused because I, I don't think that we looked ahead very much. I don't, I don't, there wasn't much, 
anything that, that told me that we were looking over them. Um, you know, I just think it's that it's that time of year too where you just gotta. And when you when you're when you're winning like you're winning, I think the bigger challenge is just keeping kids focused with the monotony of of practice and because you kind of you kind of as a high school football coach um, and as a high school strength coach, you really gotta walk that fine line of having a very strict routine, but also not not letting the kids get bored and fall into that trap of just kind of going through the motions because um, high school kids need routine if you, if you change things up on them it's they don't know how to handle it they, they freak out um but at the same rate if, if if we do the same things over and over and it's the same setup every they start to get you'll lose their attention span a little bit so um i think that's the biggest challenge we face as you know if our goals go to 15 weeks you know we're just over halfway through the season so those are the battles that we're fighting. Uh, but I don't think, I think our kids, for the most part, at least since I've been here, are pretty focused. I don't think we look ahead too much. Um, and, you know, it, it's just got to come out, got to play football, got to focus on getting better each week. When it comes to, you know, keeping that routine with with these high school players, the one thing about McKinley Week is that it is different. You know, mm-hmm. all the different events that are going on, Booster Club on Monday, Touchdown Club Tuesday. Right. Um, do they still do the breakfast with McKinley? Yep. So you got the breakfast with McKinley, the par- uh, the rally and parade on Friday, an extra day of practice mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, with all these different things going on, how do you keep the kids on that line of being focused but also enjoying all the events that come with it? Uh, just trying to keep our structured practice time as, as similar as we can i know we were talking last night after the game um you know the coordinators were talking just about how we're going to structure practice this week specifically with that extra day how we want to handle it um and every year is going to be a little bit different um you know where we're at as a team you know how healthy we are um how many injuries we have how fresh we're looking Things like that kind of dictate on a week-to-week basis on how much we do and what we need to do. Are we spending more time on recovery? Are we spending more time just an individual? Are we spending time um, backing off in the weight room, adding on in the weight room, doing whatever we need to do? Um, but, you know, this week you just got to just stick to the, like I said, you know, stick to that routine. Um, and I don't think you have to worry about getting too bored this week just because of what it is. Um, but do what we do. Do it, you know, when we do it and that sort of thing. And then just keep reminding them, hey, you got to stay focused. You know, remember what this is about. And we had a conversation um, this morning when we brought the kids in for just kind of like our recovery uh, mobility stuff. And that was the first thing I told them, hey, there's going to be a lot of distractions. Stay focused. You know, enjoy it because you got to enjoy it, especially, you know, these seniors. It's, you know, it's, it's their last go at it. So really enjoy everything that's going on, but in the back of your mind, you got to know that that all this is for one purpose: to go out and play the best game we possibly can against a tough McKinley team on Saturday. Um, so it, it's it's one of those things where you know you never know what you're going to get. Um, you're still dealing with high school kids, so you do the best you can. But we're fortunate enough at Maslin to have kids that understand what it means. So I think that they understand that. Even though it gets crazy, um, you don't play well on Saturday, you can throw it all out the window. But. 
Yeah, you said uh, distractions, and I want to ask about the last two opponents, Louisville and Barberton. Like the the players themselves were getting a little bit chippy, and then those two games and Gateway, it seemed like, in my opinion, the refs were god awful. How do you, in the heat of the moment, keep you know like keep the team level headed, keep from getting too sucked into those kind of distractions? Yeah, uh, we just we have a lot of conversations about it. Um, I can't. I swear we had this conversation last year at this time too. <laughs> probably. Is that true? Yeah. Something like um, that. Came right out of Louisville last year, so probably. Yeah. Right. Right. I think we talked about you know that something like that. So it, you know, the same thing, and that's kind of a fine line too, because you want your kids to play aggressive. You want our kids to have a certain amount of swagger about them when they're out on the football field. But I know last week we spent a lot of time, or Coach Moore spent a lot of time, and I spent some time in the weight room too when I get a chance to get the kids' ear, talking about how we handle those situations, talking about how um, deciding when to, when to keep your mouth shut, essentially, on our end, and uh, when to let people talk. You know, One of the things I told the kids before the game yesterday was – you know, you can run your mouth and be as cocky as you want, but it ain't gonna help you win football games. It's gonna make you, it ain't gonna make you any bigger of a man. Um, and the best thing to do when people's running their mouth is punch them in the mouth. So, uh, you know, focus on your game, focus on executing your job, focus on doing what's right for the team. Um, and I think we we can probably do a little bit better job of that on our end. Um, but like I said, you got you want to play aggressive. You want them to be confident. Uh, you want to have a little bit of swagger about you. But you don't want to do anything that's gonna that's gonna jeopardize the the team or it's gonna put the team in a bad situation. So uh, this week's a little bit more difficult than others. Uh, sometimes the coaches need to understand that they need to shut their mouth, <laughs> <laughs> myself included, because uh, it's an emotional game. You know, it, it's something like nothing else. I mean. We hate McKinley as much as these kids do, um, and nothing that anybody's gonna say is gonna change that. And you know, we had a little bit of that last last night because a good portion of the Louisville coaching staff is from McKinley, and you know, we don't like you either. So it, it you know, and then, and then you have that that other that other side of things where it's like, hey, you're telling kids not to run your mouth. But then, you know, you kind of yell and scream at him before the game about going out there and kicking ass. <laughs> and Coach Moore had this conversation with me. He says, Stu, you're always telling him to shut up. But then you're you're screaming at him before the game. Tell him to go out and uh, go on out there and get crap out of him. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. But it is what it is. Uh, so, you know, it's just it's just you play the game. And you, and you got to – it's an art form. You, you got to you, – you, 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 Try and keep the discipline intact. When you kind of you want them to have fun and play, like I said, you want a little bit of an edge to our kids. We don't want kids out there. You know, we don't want choir boys out there playing football games. You know, it's like you don't you don't want linebackers that that eat with a knife and a fork. <laughs> you know, you want linebackers that are you know you gotta dance. right yeah um, getting dirty. So you just kind of figure it out. You know, he kind of figured it out. We've been doing a pretty good job of it, I think. But uh, can we do a little bit better job? Yeah. So we're working on it. But you know, we got to get better in everything. We're not we're not where we need to be by any means. 
Um, you know, our, these kids' goal, they set a goal to go out and try and win a state championship. Um, they set a goal to go out and, and, and beat McKinley. And if we want to do both of those things, then we need to get better. And we need to get better this week. We need to get better every day. We need to get better every, every chance that we can so we can be the best possible team that we can. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to do. So, How much does it help, um, specifically for like the McKinley game, having a lot of coaches on the staff that are from Maslin? And the ones that aren't from Maslin, most of them have been here a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to go through all of this. And how does that help with the cohesiveness? Uh, I, I think, I mean, the, the, the staff that we have and the, um, the, the chemistry or the, you know, the bond that we have right now, that just kind of how we mesh together um, as a total, as, you know, just collectively as the staff is, is the best that I've ever been a part of in my coaching career. Um, you know, having the Maslin guys on staff, uh, I, I mean, in my opinion, yeah. I think it makes a huge difference. I think the kids understand that. I think it just it. I, I think that it it's more impactful when we're talking to them about the things that we're talking about because um, we've lived it and we understand exactly what they're going through. Um, and and the other thing is is the coaches that we have on staff that aren't from here. Um, the, 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 their ability to understand or, or, or to kind of adopt our lifestyle is, is, is incredibly impressive to me um, because it hasn't always been that way. Um, and, and they get it. They get it. And, uh, you know, they love it. They appreciate it. And I think that, too, is a benefit to us because when, when you have somebody from the outside that loves the game as much as our guys do, you know, like Troxler and, and Mays and and Kale and, and Coach Miller. Um, when you see their appreciation, because it's easy when you're here to kind of take it for granted maybe a little bit. Now, I've been away for a while, so when I come back, I appreciate it a lot more. But those guys, to see their enthusiasm about Maslin and how much they love it, um, you know, it's like it's, it's like they found Pandora's box when they came here. I mean, they just you know, it, it motivates. I think I think our guys, the guys that have been here longer, to kind of say, hey, yeah, this is special. We need to remember that. Um, so, and we just got a great staff, and I, I we got the best coaches in the state, probably in the country, if you ask me. I wouldn't trade one of our guys for anybody. So, uh, it's 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 a, it's a great it's a great mixture. And I think that shows, you know, what have we lost three games in the last three years? Something like that. Something like that. I think <laughs> I mean, what, one last year, none this year. I think we had two the year before. Two, yeah. Two or three, maybe. Two or but, three. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing something right. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, Coach Moore has done the – by bringing all of us together and his ability to, to seek out guys that, that fit into that mold – um, and put together an incredible coaching staff. I mean, you know, obviously none of this would be happening if it wasn't for him. So it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome, and um, I hope it stays this way for a really long time because uh, it's it's been a you know great year and a half or almost two years for me. So um, I think I think it's only going to get better the the longer we're here. 
So out of all those coaches, um, I mean, I think the one that kind of sticks out with somebody that hasn't really gone through this before with us is a uh, coach Robinson. Has mm-hmm. there? I mean, have you guys been trying to prep him at all, or is it is he going to learn it on the fly? Has there been any discussions going on? Uh, I haven't really thought about it much, to be honest with you. Um, and there hasn't been much much talk about it. Um, and and I think a part of that uh, might be because he's such a good fit for us. Um, uh, and you know, kind of now that you're bringing it up, I'm just kind of thinking about that. And you know, he I mean, he came in and he came in relatively late. We didn't get him hired until um, you know late in the summer, really. But he jumped right in, um, and has really felt like a like a guy that's kind of been here for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good point. This is going to be his first McKinley week, uh, but I think he's I think he's relatively aware of what what it's been because um, he's kind of coached around in the area. So I don't I don't think that he's completely oblivious to it. Like as per se, Trox would have been when Trox came from out of state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until you until you're in it, you're in it, you know. Um, I'm more excited to see you know some of the kids that have come in from from out of the district um, to see how that, their reaction to to the thing. Um, you know, I'm excited to see how how Terrence Keys uh, reacts to to this week in the game because I think it's going to be an awesome thing. He's one of my favorite kids, and. Uh, I'm just excited for him to have that experience because I think he's really going to enjoy it and he's going to thrive on it. I expect a big game on, out of him on Saturday. But, um, but yeah, you know, they're getting thrown into the fire. So one way or the other, they're going to they're going to get exposed to it and the awesomeness of it, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I'd say if they really want to get an idea for it, they should listen to a Black Swarm podcast episode thirteen. That was uh, your first episode on here, Stu, for <laughs> last year's McKinley Week, and mm-hmm. I thought, uh, you know, we got a lot of good feedback on that, and that was a real intense episode, something that I think kind of epitomized what this whole week is all about. Right. And it is great. I mean, I just, uh, thinking about it now, and we're here, and I just I think, I can't, first of all, I can't believe it's here, well, week 10. It's gone quick. Yeah. It just seemed to me... You know, the pre- this felt like the longest preseason that I've ever been through as a football coach. It was like, we've got all these scrimmages coming through. And just a, a, our schedule this year with the OHSA set up, you know, two days kind of started like midweek or something. And it was strange. And it just felt like it, it went on forever. I swear the preseason, the last month, you know, from two days to our first game felt longer than the last nine weeks did. Um, but we're here, and we're ready, and it's McKinley week, and uh, people are already getting fired up. I'm fired up. We're 9-0. You know, McKinley very well could be 9-0. and They lost one tight game. Um, so there is this good football team, and uh, – I just can't stand Canton, and I can't <laughs> wait to get over there and just beat the living tar out of them for four more quarters. Um, and it's going to be great. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I guess kind of speaking to McKinley a little bit, they have, um, you know, it's a new coaching staff somewhat, mm-hmm. but they have guys that are familiar with us, familiar with the game, familiar with the area, all that. You know, their head coach now, he was at St. V for a while. Mm-hmm. Their offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Badre, he was at Masson for a while, mm-hmm. um, and he's been there for a few years. It's So does, like, there being people on staff familiar with the game and all that kind of help keep the game what it's supposed to be where it's at rather than going in and facing a you know an entirely new staff an entirely new team like does it is the game still going to be the game even though they have a new head coach and all that kind of all that stuff yeah i mean i think so i mean i uh, you know i you know i i think they've had a very successful season um like i said i think they're going to be um one of the tougher opponents we faced this year. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, even even the years where they're quote-unquote not that good, it's still, it's still a war. I mean, you know, and I, I worry, you know, I, I worry that someday this rivalry might lose its luster. And I don't think that that's grounded in the coaching staff or the kids um, because year in and year out, the coaching staff that they have over there, as much as I dislike them, um, they're good. You know, they, they hire good coaches over there. The kids understand. Um, but even the years when they're, quote, unquote, not that good, they still come out and play. You know, it, it, you can't. You can't even quantify it on previous records. It doesn't matter if we're nine and zero. It doesn't matter if they're eight and one or nine and zero. It doesn't matter if they're one and seven or we're, or, you know, one and eight or whatever, and we're having a bad season. When it comes down to opening up and grinding on week ten on Saturday, these kids come out and they just explode, and they're going to play their best game. Um, and that's what makes it awesome, you know. The competitions and the, and the wars that we have year in and year out. That's what makes it incredible. Um, but like I said, it's a fear of mine. As as, as much as I want to beat McKinley every year, and I do want to beat him every single year. Um, if this thing ever fades away to where it doesn't mean anything, I think that would be. It's a fear of mine. <laughs> Because I love it so much. And the reason why it's so big is because it's so competitive. And these kids understand what it means. And I think on our end, we're doing everything that we we can to, to make it what it is. I mean, it's amazing around here. I mean, you can't, you can't walk down the street without seeing some 80-year-old woman with a Maslin Tiger shirt on. And it's just, it, it's in our blood. And it's all over. Um... And it just worries me when I see pictures of, um, you know, their stadium when they're playing big games and there's there's not that many fans there and stuff like that. That's I guess that's the thing that their their fan base. I guess that's what worries me the most is their community. I don't think it's as supportive as ours is. Um, and I wish that they would get that going again, because um, it's huge. It's huge for us and it's huge for them. And it's just it's 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 such a rare thing. It's such a rare thing. You'd be hard-pressed to find anything like it anywhere in the country, in my opinion. If there is another one out there that's similar to this, 
I don't know what it is um, because I don't I don't know that it exists anywhere else. Um, so it's it's it. I I just hope that that it just stays the way it is or gets better um, as we go, and <clears throat> we're just gonna keep doing everything that we can because it's important to us. Obviously, it's it's huge to us, and like like I said, it's it's right up there with winning a state championship. You beat McKinley, you try and win a state championship. That's it. I mean, those are our goals. So that's what we're thinking about when we're doing heavy back squats. That's what we think about when we're when we're out there, you know, pushing heavy ass sleds around the indoor. And that's what we're we're you know when we're in there moving weight, and I'm pushing these kids to. To, to go until they physically can't go anymore. And we're telling them, you know, if, if you want to beat McKinley, that's the first thing I told him when I came here and I got hired on staff. Our first training session, we went out we were running 110 sprints. And we got done. And I said, if you want to beat McKinley, and if you want to put your position, if you want to put us, our team, in a position to win a state championship, you got to be willing to bleed for it. you got to be willing to put yourself in a state where that you don't want to be in over and over again and you need to get comfortable in that that dark place that sucks and that's what we do and when we do it we're thinking about beating McKinley and then we're thinking about winning the games that we need to win to, to put ourselves in a position to, to win a state championship so it's that caliber it's always been that caliber it's always been that that level of of drive that we have so um, you know but I think I think they're doing a good job over there, you know. Like I said, as much as I dislike Canton and McKinley, I want them to be good, and I want to play the best McKinley team that we can play. I want them to be nine and zero every year. I think I said this last year. The most disappointing thing that happened during our regular season last year was McKinley losing to Perry. I was heartbroken when I found out they lost to Perry. I was just irate. Like I wanted to beat an undefeated McKinley team last year. And they got a good team this year. Like I said, they could be nine and zero, and they're a good football team. And it's going to be a war. And that's exactly what we want. We want to beat the best McKinley team that we can beat. So it'll be a good game. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be intense. It's going to get violent, and uh, you know, in a, in a fair and legal way. But uh, it is what it is. We hate them. They hate us. Let's let's let's, let's, let's figure it out. Over at Tom Benson. I hate that place too, by the way. I think we all do. <laughs> um, I want to touch on something real quick that I've never really asked anybody about. You mentioned state championship being a goal and being comfortable in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Last year, week 15, we go into halftime losing 34-7. What is that locker room like? And what was that like that... You know the kids come back out. It's it'd be easy to quit. You know, drawing on my own experience when we lost to Whitmer my senior year, we were getting our asses handed to us at halftime. Mm-hmm. But the game was still theoretically in reach. You know, mm-hmm. we get a little rah rah speech. We all come out hyped up at half after half, and then we just fall flat on our face. But we watch what happened. I, there was at one point last year after we scored our last touchdown against them that I'm like, we're really gonna do this. You know, we're really mm-hmm. gonna come back. Obviously, we fell short. But the way the team responded to that adversity coming out after halftime, I just want to know, like, what was that locker room like? What was that team like that they could do that? 
Well, you know, it's really a testament to our senior leadership last year. Um, because we had some young guys playing last year, obviously, because we got a lot of kids back. Um, but our our senior leadership was able to stay stay focused and have the confidence in themselves to know what they're able to do to be able to overcome that. And I think that it also fell back on the fact that that underneath the surface we knew that. The later the game gets, the better we're going to be. Just because our the way that we train and the way that we practice, um, we're we're going to be better in the third and the fourth quarter than most teams. Now, that's not to take away from from Hoban's strength and conditioning program, or I'm sure they practice at a high level just like we do, because um, they've got one of the obviously they've got one of the better strength and conditioning programs in general, but their strength and conditioning program, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm an acquaintance with their strength coach up there. We've talked from time to time. Um, you know, he knows what he's doing. They know what they're doing. But when, when, you, when, you, when you train the way that we train and you practice the way that we practice, our kids are going to rise up the later the game goes on. And you see that with great football teams. Um, you know, you'll see that in, in college, and you'll see that in high school when you have a really good football team. If you got a, if everybody's, if, if all the athletes are equal, um, you know, if the talent level is kind of the same, you're going to see competition through the first two quarters. It's in the third and the fourth quarter where things really take off, and that's that's a mentality, that's a purpose, that's a culture that's taken over, and that's something that I think Maslin's known for for the last few decades you know or maybe the last hundred years you know we we're going to keep grinding we're going to keep doing what we do and you saw that in the third and in the fourth quarter of that Hoban game that Maslin thing was happening and we looked across the field and you and we were looking at Hoban's coaches they knew it too you know they had to do they had to do some some crazy shit to win that football game and they did what they had to do with that that fake punt call which was a fantastic call, you know, um, and that's essentially what you know what got us. But our kids came out, and I think that they, in the back of their minds, they knew that that we can turn this thing around, we can make it happen, and we can go. And our kids aren't going to quit. They've got too much invested. They've got too much invested. When you spend so much time in an off season, putting yourself through through the physical pain of training and it is painful it's incredibly painful if you want to be in the best shape that you can you have to learn how to be uncomfortable and deal with pain so that your body can overcome it and when you've invested that much it's a lot harder to say eh this doesn't mean something to me when you've spent months in a weight room and you know in in and, and doing the training that we do, the running, the sprinting, the lifting, all the stuff we do, investing into this, it's a lot harder to quit. And, you know, the, the, the flip side of that is if, if I had statistics, and I might start doing this, but I might start tracking the kids that, the athletes that skip leg day. 
because I think that in my from what I've noticed in my years of coaching, my 13 years of being a strength and conditioning coach, is that the the correlation between kids that skip leg day and kids that either quit, like actually quit the football team, or turn over when things go bad, is that correlation is pretty pretty high. I see a kid that never misses a, a leg day, like a Creek Bomb or a Hodges or a Keys or a you know a Jones or a Salazar. They never miss SWAT day. They're in there grinding it out every every single day. Those kids are never going to quit. They're never going to quit because they, they've 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 there's too much pain. And what they've done for an entire year to say, this doesn't mean enough to me. It's never going to happen. Um, and we're fortunate right now, and we have been fortunate for the last, obviously, several years, to have a large group of kids that love to get to that dark place and push themselves to another level. And I think that's the big difference. So, you know, that's what you see when you walk into a, when you're down in a huge game and you go in in halftime and you're looking these kids in the face. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that, that that locker room was hunky-dory and we're walking around like, oh, yeah, we got this and blah, blah, blah. No, it was a shitty situation that nobody wanted to be in. But when you look in their faces and you look in their eyes, you can see I've worked too hard to let this thing just fall out. We're too damn close to this to, to, to achieving our goal to just let it slip away. And you saw that in the third quarter and you saw that in the fourth quarter. Our kids are going to fight because they've paid, the, they've paid their dues. And they've done everything they can to get to that position. And it means something. Pain is one of those things that it's an incredible educator. People respond to pain. But it's also... A great investment you know things that anything and you know, I think I said this before on the last time nothing in life that's easy to have we're human beings humans don't respect things that come easy they just don't do it you know raising a family raising kids is incredibly hard and that's why you love your kids so much because it sucks <laughs> <laughs> and it, it takes an incredible amount of pain and suffering to raise kids the right way and when people do it the right way you know there's 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 a huge connection there and it's not much different you know everything in life people that work hard to to start a business and they put all this time into it and or or to to you know rise themselves up in the ranks of a career you know if it's given to you yeah yeah it's easy you know, I can quit on this anytime I want. But when you, when you, when you toil for something, and something, and you put the work in, and it's miserable, you're not going to give that up too easily. And you know, so that's that's one of the things that we focus on, and that's what we try and push our kids to do. And we let them know when they're doing it. You know, everything that you're doing is an investment to get better. And when we get to this point in the season where things are starting to get hard, because it's week ten, and we've been through a grind. Um, those are the things that you fall back on and those are the things that you talk about and those are the things that get you through 
those half times where you're down and you come back and fight. So um, each year we try and get a little bit better. Each year we try and push these kids a little bit better, um, a little bit harder, um, so that when we get in those situations, you know, hopefully we've improved and we can go we can go harder and, and hopefully we don't get in those situations at all. But if we do, because it happens, uh, we're able to overcome it. Yeah, you mentioned um, earlier your, your dislike of Tom Benson Stadium. This year, um, obviously, we were playing over there. Um, what's something that's different between you know playing the game over there versus playing at Maslin? Just enemy territory. Just because I hate Canton. I don't like being over there at all. I don't like going anywhere. I used to say I used to say uh, east of Kmart, but now I say east of the breastfeeding. Uh, center because my mom, <laughs> my mom's about uh, fifty yards east of the uh, Kmart. But I just, you know, it's it's enemy territory, um, and it's not that I don't. It's not that I don't in, enjoy playing there because it, it's one of those love hate relationships where. I hate the place, but I really don't mind going over there and beating them at their home turf. You know, um, I prefer not playing the state championship at Tom Benson Stadium. I'd rather play that at home. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased, but in a certain organization, we'll never let that happen. Yeah, well, you know, I won't get into all that. Uh, but you know, it's it's their house, and it's just. Uh, you know, I guess it's just because it's theirs. I don't like it. I didn't like it when it was Fawcett. I don't like it when it's Tom Benson. Um, you know, every time I drive by it, I cringe a little bit. <laughs> um, but I don't mind going over there and kicking the crap out of them. I don't mind going over there and having that fight in their in their backyard. It's not a problem. Um, I'm glad we. I'm glad we. You know. Uh, yeah. I'm. I love I, I love I love the opportunity to go over there and fight them. So it's it's just it's just Canton, and I'd prefer not to be in Canton when I don't have to be. But if you want to fight in your backyard, I'll, I got no problem coming and knocking on your door. Let's go. Yeah. So this will be our fourth away game uh, this year, and obviously it being the game, uh, do you notice anything different about away games or? Also, how can the fans help change that environment? Our fans, you know, I was I was having a conversation uh, about this with with somebody on the staff. I think it, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Troxler or, or Hackenbrack. I don't remember, but I remember thinking like, why we were, we were having a conversation about why like opposing schools in our area dislike us so much and then and, and the more I thought about it the more I realized that like you know it, it was after the Barberton game because you know the Barberton game you know going into that for, for whatever reason we hadn't played them in 25 years so whatever reason I you know in my mind wrongfully I was thinking well this I don't I don't see this really being a a big hostile game but then when we get there 
and their crowd's incredibly uh, active, I guess I would say. Um, I started thinking about it, and I'm like, why, why do they, why do they, why does everybody seem to dislike us so much? Why does everybody seem to get louder when when when, when we play them? And I guess I'm I'm kind of getting this in a context from being in different school districts and coaching at different schools, where it always wasn't that way. And I think that the biggest reason is because when we go and we play an away team, our fans take over the stadium, and I think people get agitated by uh, rightfully so they get agitated by that because our fans are louder than their fans and we're at their house and it just makes for an incredible environment because everybody's hostile everybody's angry everybody's cheering a little bit louder for their team everybody's booing a little bit louder for the other teams of uh, uh, the other team and it just it just makes for this awesome environment that that football's supposed to have um so when we go to away games and when our fans support like our fans support it just makes everything better and i think our kids thrive on that i think our kids i mean 100 percent. our kids feed off of our fan base and them coming out and them getting loud and them supporting us and them, you know, just cheering and doing what Maslin fans do, um, and it's incredible. And it's—I it, mean—that's that's it's what it's, it's a huge, huge part of why this whole machine that is Maslin is the way it is, because our community cares about our kids and about our football program, and they come out and they support us. And it's you know, as long as we have that. You know, as long as we have that and as long as we have people in the program like we do now that live and breathe Maslin football and Maslin community and Maslin kids, we're going to it's, it's only going to get better. So to all those fans out there that that come out and support us week in and week out, keep doing what you're doing, because by no means do we take that for granted. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, it's weekly. That as a coaching staff, we talk to one another and we just, we'll be standing there for pregame and just say, this is, look at this. This is amazing. This is coming from people that have grown up here their entire lives. You know, and also people that haven't. But we sit there and say, is there anywhere that you would rather be than right here? And the answer is always unequivocally, no, this is the best. And, you know, it's because of our community. And so keep that up, guys. Anybody out there listening, keep supporting us. We love you. You know, a lot, a lot of the things that we do, we do for you. And a lot of things that our kids do, the things that our kids go through to get where we're at, they do it for the fans. You know, they do it for their team. You know, that comes first. And they do it for their families. But, you know, we're a big family in this, in this town. That's why we're special. So we appreciate you and we love you. And, Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a great job. All right. So you you were talking about earlier about, you know, you don't really appreciate what comes easy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been a lot of people talking trash about our schedule this year. And we've, you know, we've gone over, I think, a couple times on this uh, on this show about how it shouldn't have been that as easy as it was. But just the way it kind of fell that, you know, we were a bit light on competition, so to speak. 
Right. But we still played up to the national standard, played up, you know, we played to our own standard. We didn't play right. that in a competition. Right. What do you tell, you know, either the team or outside people that want to talk trash about it? Like, like oh, you guys, it was an easy schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, going into the schedule, you know, when we were thinking about it, obviously when we scheduled it, um, it, 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 I mean, in my opinion, it it didn't seem like it was going to be that all easy. I mean, St. V's generally has a great football program. You know, Glen Oak is a little bit down. They got a new coaching staff over there. They're they're trying to turn things around, and I believe that they will. Um, you know, Bo's a great coach over there, and I think he's going to do a good job. And I think that you know that that that's a game that I don't use the team. I don't use the term rivalry game loosely um but you know we've had some battles throughout the years and i think they're going to come back around you know warren harding you know they're they they've had a relatively good season um they're not a bad football program ben trafford you know are what they are i suppose gateway was going to be a great game austin town fitch i mean a week before we played them they were they were in the top Two, three or four in the region, I believe. Um, Barberton, last year they had a great season. You know, they were supposed to be pretty good. Um, and, they, you know, they fought us well. Louisville, you know, that was a huge, huge deal last year. They played us tough. I'm um, sorry, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to find um, teams that really want to play. I, I, you know, I mean, you gotta, you got to understand that, too. You know, there's there's quality programs around us that we would like to play, and they don't want to play us. You know, so you have to deal with that, and then you also have to deal with most schools are in a conference, so you don't really have a lot of leeway on when you can play them. You know, most most conferences they have their first three games are out of conference games, um, and then after that. You know they're they're locked up. So you know, I, could it could it could we have played some better teams? Would I've liked to play one or two more uh, higher competitive teams? Sure, um, but it is what it is. And you know, I I I don't believe that you can't prepare yourself um, for a playoff run for a championship run um, by playing the teams that are on your schedule as long as you play to your ability. And you play as hard as you can play, and you practice as hard as you can practice as you go through. Um, and you know that's what we got to do. You know, have we done that all year? I don't know. To be honest with you, I think there's some there's some te- there's some teams that we could have played better against. Um, but you know, our kids have to understand that you got to pay to our level of competition, not the competition that you're playing. Um, these are high school kids, um, so that's a challenge. And you know, that's something that we talk about. That's something that we try and preach to our kids. Um, but we're going to be who we are. We're going to do what we do. And our, and our method of, of combating, combating against maybe, maybe having a weaker schedule is doing everything that we can, the best we can, as hard as we can all the time, being consistent, being incredibly consistent. Um, and that's always going to be a battle. It's always going to be a struggle. And, and as, you know, like I said, these are high school kids, and we have to do it. But I don't think that our schedule's... You know, I don't. I, I, going into it, I don't think our schedule is weak. I think we're pretty good, um, and we're going to find out. Like I said, we're going to find out. We're going to find out this Saturday. 
So, you know, if you think our schedule's weak and we haven't played anybody tough, well, then I guess that'll get exposed when it gets exposed. Um, and if we're the team that, that we think we are, that's going to get exposed too. So we just focus on getting out there, playing the best we can, getting our kids as, as prepared as we can. we got a great coaching staff um, that I think does a fantastic job doing that. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're there now. So this is it. This is why we do everything we do. Week 10 and everything that comes after. So we're excited for the opportunity to do it. Yeah, so going forward for the rest of the year, um, you know, we talk about the McKinley game kind of being a season within itself and then the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, from here on out, it's pretty much, you know, win or go home. How is it that we can prep individually now just one week at a time and uh, we can just fully prep ourselves for McKinley and then whoever our Week 11 opponent is and as we make a run, 12, 13, 14, um, rather than... You know, maybe trying to find ourselves, trying to implement new things throughout the year. Well, I think at this point in the game, you know, it's and you know, like I'm not a coordinator. I'm not a I'm not a guy that's 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 really getting into the nitty gritty of of what we do. But you know, I think one of the reasons why we've had a lot of success is because our you know, Coach McConnell, Coach Mazur, Coach Troxler, Coach Lino. When we're putting together game plans, you know, obviously we're we're looking at our putting together a game plan to, to put us in the best position to beat the team that we're we're facing, uh, putting together a strategy that to combat you know their style of football. But within that, doing what we're good at doing and, and having that consistency throughout the season of running the plays that we're going to run, running the defenses that we're going to run, and then just having the minor tweaks here and there just to kind of adapt our style of play to put us in the best position to win. And I think when you have good football teams, you get really good at, at doing that week in and week out and having that consistency. Because, you know, you see these football programs that – that don't really have a philosophy, that don't really have um, something that they call their own, and they try and beat everybody by showing them something that they haven't seen before. And like I said, you're going to have a play here or there. You're going to have a blitz, or you're going to have a coverage maybe that you throw in to kind of kind of put a wrinkle in things. But at the end of the day, you got to be really good at blocking. you got to be really good at, 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 at grinding that football out, running the football. you got to be really good at throwing and catching. And you got to be good at tackling, you know, and you got to be good at covering. You, you got to be good at the fundamentals. You got to be good at the basics. And I think the majority of our practice is, is going through and doing the things that really make up the game of football. Because if you can't tackle, you're not going to win a football game. If you can't block, you're not going to win a football game. Um, it comes down to doing that. So repping it, getting our kids the you know, the the time on the football field that they need to feel comfortable doing what they're doing and being prepared, watching the film, doing the meeting, putting the game plans together. I mean, you know, we work relentlessly. They're over there working right now. Right? They're going to be over there tomorrow working. Um, our coaching staff getting ready. And, you know, they do that relentlessly, and it's, and it's a drain, but we do what it takes to win. And uh, just making sure... You know, at this point in the game, it's week 10. 
We got to make sure our kids are fresh. We got to make sure our kids are are healthy. We got to we got to get our horses to the gate and then just let them run. So um staying focused, not looking ahead. You know, that's a big one. And 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 we got to focus one game at a time and right now it ain't hard week 10 cuz it's McKinley week. You know, everybody's focused. But then you move along, and then you focus on the next one. You focus on the next one. You focus on the next one. You take it one day at a time, and you do everything you can to get better each day. And you do that, and then I think I think we'll be in a position to do some do some awesome stuff. Yeah, you mentioned that it's week ten, and you got to make sure that everybody's fresh and ready to go. I remember you saying last year that you kind of tailored our strength and conditioning program to go fifteen weeks. Mm-hmm. So as we're at the beginning of the year, you might have still been doing like what other people would consider off season stuff. Um, is there anything that you picked up from that last year that you tweaked this year? Or is it something that you just really liked how it worked? Um, I've always got little 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 tweaks that I do um, year in and year out. And it might be and and really it's just more athlete specific. So when I'm looking at what our kids are doing, I'm really looking at deficiencies um, that they might have. Um, you know, do, do we need to focus more on, uh, you know, hamstring strength or posterior chain strength or, or stuff like that? So, and, and a lot of that more is probably in the off season, going into the, going into the preseason. Um, but you know, year in and year out, you got different kids. And you got different needs that you might have. Um, you also might have kids that are more injury prone in one area. You might have a kid that has more shoulder injuries, or you might have a kid that uh, has maybe a little bit more lower back pain. So you need to we need to build that up. So so we change our exercises based on what our kids need. Um, but our my if if you looked at my overall programming, um, our biggest change this year was just in what we're doing to recover more um i haven't changed much outside of exercise selection on how we do things i mean we like i said the same as last year i mean up until week five we were pretty much in our preseason, what most people would consider like a preseason lifting routine um because we're going for 15 weeks and if you just stop and 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 pull everything off before the preseason, and you know it's Four months later, when you're playing a state championship game, you're not going to be you're not going to be peaking. Um, so we're at a point now where it's 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 week ten. So you know, like I said, we're if we're just a little bit over halfway through our planned football season, what we where we want to be. Um, but we're 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 not spending a crazy amount of time in the weight room right now. Um, we've backed off a little bit. Um, after this week, we'll back off a little bit more, um, and we're we're pretty much in our maintenance phase now. So, and it's funny because you know the kids will, the kids don't like it. I mean, they come to me and they say, "Hey, you know, I haven't my my squat numbers haven't moved up in a week or two. I haven't, you haven't added any weight to my squat." And I'm like, "Well, listen, man, it's week ten. Okay, we've been grinding it out for a long time." Um, Right now, if you're staying where you've been for the last two weeks, that's where we want to be. Okay, we're not looking at this point in the game. We're not looking to get stronger. We're looking to keep our strength that we have. We're looking at staying healthy. Um, you know, we we're doing a lot more prehab stuff, um, getting our kids. You know, trying just to prevent injuries. 
so we're doing a ton of, you know, we do a ton of stretching, and they hate that too. Like, oh, we stretch more. I think I just told me a week or two ago. We stretch more than any team in the state. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so because, you know, we, we got a long way to go. So, um, and that's something that always bothers me. I mean, you know, when you see kids get, get banged up a little bit, um, and we had a couple last night, more than I would have liked, that that um, got a little bit banged up. And anytime that happens, I immediately think, oh, what did I do? What am I doing wrong? Do I need to back this off? Do I need to add this on? What do I need to do? Um, anytime a kid gets injured, you know, barring like a, a hit, you know, a contact injury, I'm always thinking to myself, oh, maybe I need to change something up. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe we're doing too much. Maybe we're not doing enough. Um, so it's a constant evaluation. So from that aspect of it, every year is a little bit different because it kind of you kind of go with the flow of things. Um, but the overall programming of it, we're, we're training for a 15 week season. So um, a lot of a lot of schools don't do that, but a lot of schools don't make it 15 weeks. So. So we'll see. Hopefully, I think we're I think we're where we need to be right now. Um, but this this Saturday is going to be a big indicator of that. So so we'll find out. Yeah, I guess just kind of winding down here on the podcast. Um, you are like the pregame speech guy, right? One of them. One mm-hmm. of them. So can you give our fans maybe not like what you would tell the kids? <laughs> But, like, give our fans a taste of what it's like to get a pregame or just, a, like, a life coach speech from uh, Coach Stu. Well, it, to be honest with you, it's, it's probably the most nerve-wracking part of my job is giving the pregame speech. Because, especially when you have a long season. Because you kind of have to map things out. And I remember, you know, this year, last year... I came out the gate like in the scrimmages, all hot and bothered. Good. Yep. And by like week twelve, I was like, I don't want to say running out of gas, but like, <laughs> you know, you kind of worry about saying being repetitive and and boring the kids and that sort of stuff. So so this year, you know, the first scrimmage, I didn't really say much. And the kids kind of came after me after came to me after the scrimmage, and they go, "Coach, you know, we weren't really expecting that." And I was like, "Listen, man, I'm saving it for week one. All right? <laughs> you guys gotta let me build up here. All right, um, it's pregame for me too, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but you know, you get you got you got to find you got to find what makes these these kids tick, um, and it ain't an easy job, you know. It, and you, you kind of got to read them." And see how it is, and week in and week out. And I know this week, you know, coming in, we didn't feel like it was a game that we needed to really go crazy on. You know, we felt like this week was one of those weeks where we really needed to focus more on execution than we needed to do, like on being aggressive. So, um, not to say that I wasn't. I, I wasn't fired up before the game, but I, I, I tried to keep it a little bit more. Um, yeah, Mellow is a terrible, terrible word for it, but I didn't. Uh, Level-headed. Uh, that's probably even a bad word too, because mm-hmm. um, I still got pretty excited. Uh, slightly dialed back. Slightly dialed back, maybe is the best. 
but you know you <laughs> you know one thing that I'm that that I'm constantly trying to to beat into these kids heads is that we spend an incredible amount of time preparing for this finite number of events that we have and you know these these seniors you now we've you know we've, we've, we've clenched the playoffs um, you know we, we know that we're gonna have a week 11 but to these seniors you know they need to understand that you're only guaranteed two more games at this point you're only gonna play McKinley one more time you know last week was our last in-season home game you know which is different because playoff game we're not allowed to play our music it's different mm -hmm. you know it's not an it's not an actual home game um and they're so precious that you spend so much incredible amount of time working and grinding and doing these things to prepare yourselves for you know two or three hours 15 days out of the year and if you get that many and when that times when it's time to strap it up and it's time to get on that war path you better be dialed in and you better be focused and you better understand that if you when you walk out on the football field and you got mass on written across your chest that's the biggest target in high school football Everybody in the world wants to wants to knock off the, the Tigers. You know, the almighty Maslin Tigers. I think the guy from Barberton said that in a news article. You know, it's the truth. And the only way to, to combat what's coming is to, is to strap it up, get ready to go, and go out and hit everybody in the mouth. Just destroy everything that moves. And, and, and week in and week out, we focus on that. You know, don't let them breathe. Suffocate them from the first play. It's one of the things that I love most about our special teams right now is our special teams. Our kickoff team is a thing of beauty. Those kids fly down the field and they just knock the snot out of everything that they see, and I I freaking love it. Um, but just I'm, set setting I'm, that tone. I'm quite partial to our uh, onside kick return team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. They get after it. Coach Jar does a great job with those kids. Um, so it's just it, 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 you know, and it, getting getting uh, getting into a pregame speech on the podcast would probably be a bad idea for everybody. Uh, if I went full bore on that, um, slightly dialed back. But but getting our kids ready to play and coming out and just understanding and and you know and I, and I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but. The reason why I love the game of football so much is because there, I don't believe in my heart that there is anything more comparable to life than the game of football. I mean, it's really the only sport where you are relying all of your success on other individuals. And that's life. That's life. You know, that's... that's it's that's what having a family unit is all about and unfortunately in society today that family unit in my opinion is 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 fading and it's not as strong as it used to be 
And when you have a game like football, where you can you can get all these young men together, and you can put them in a situation where the only way that you can be successful is by working with other human beings, relying on them to do your job, relying them relying on you to do your job, and doing it to the best of your ability, and understanding that it's going to be violent, it's going to be hard, it's going to suck, and finding a way in your brain and your mind to embrace that and to thrive off that. There's nothing better in the world to prepare you for life because life sucks and life is hard and anything worth anything sucks and is hard and requires an immense amount of pain um, to, to, to have and to be successful. So we talk about that and I talk about that every week. And I talk about playing the way that we play as Maslin Tigers, which is mean and is aggressive and is focused and is uh, it requires an incredible amount of effort and, 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 and team and all those things that, that we talk about in football. So those are some of the things that, that I talk about before the game. Um, I just scream a lot more and uh, I'm a lot more animated when I do it. So... Uh, <laughs> So that is what it is, but, uh, you know, I enjoy doing it, and I hope these kids feed off it a little bit, but they seem like they're ready to go every time they come out. A good addition this year was we, we, we've had Coach J.P. Simon talk um, before the games for the last several weeks, so the kids enjoy that too. He goes right before I go, and then I kind of kind of get him out there, but it's good. Yeah, and having him on here, you know, a few weeks beforehand, he can get uh, – he can – Get pretty much anybody all ready, fired up for damn near anything. Mm-hmm. Also, we forgot to shout out at the beginning. Shout out for our sponsor, JP Simon. Simon says, halfway down, like right in the middle of construction on Lincoln Way, front door or the alley in the back. Yep, go the alley in the back till the till the construction's done. We got uh, we got McKinley gear that is actually dropping. Some of it dropped earlier in the week. I know I was down there this morning. We got some new T-shirts dropping today. Saturday? Today is Saturday. Um, And uh, I think we got some more hoodies that are getting printed. But you got to get down there quick. You see something pop up on the uh, Simon Says Facebook page. Um, You better hop down there because... Those uh, stuff goes fast. Stuff goes fast, but we got we're, we're trying to keep up with it. We're doing a little bit better job than we did last year. You know, it's a good problem for us to have, but you know, it, it hurts me when kids when, when people come in and try and buy something and we don't have their size. So we're we're trying to keep up with it, but you know, it's Maslin and get your McKinley gear. We got the best in town. I feel confident saying that. <laughs> Simon says the Tiger Store at Simon says we also got limited, limited stuff on the website TigerStore55.com. Hoping to get a couple more up this week. So hoping to get a sponsorship for the Blackstorm Podcast by them too. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see what we can do. I have to get you guys some T-shirts, please. <laughs> I'll hook right. you up. Don't worry. I trust you. You always do, Stu. Always do. 
I mean, I got nothing else, Rob, unless you got uh, something before we get to our question. We ask every guest at the end of the podcast. No, not really. Pretty, uh, pretty tapped out. All right. So, with that, I guess, last but not least, Coach Studer, <laughs> is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Ah, initial reaction is no. But I guess the more I think about it, mm. uh-huh. how, how are we defining ravioli? That is the question. I mean, in my opinion, it's it's a dough, mm-hmm. you know, a completely unsealed thing of dough with a filling. With a filling. With that's a ravioli. So is it, a, and it's cooked. It's cooked. So is a Boston cream donut a ravioli? Is it? Is it? That's an uncrustable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's injected before it's after it's cooked. Well, there you go. Mm. But is that part of the definition? That could be a that could be a differentiation. Yeah. Does it have to be cooked with the filling? They are different. So a pizza roll. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is a ravioli. Uh, Krause's double crust pizza. Still waiting on that sponsorship. Is a ravioli. It's a large, rather large. Ravioli, yeah. but along those lines, There's no size limit on ravioli. An apple pie, yeah, <laughs> it can be. Yeah, I mean, I, yes, yes. There's no, there's, there's no context here as like the actual like sauce on it's, top of ravioli is what makes it a ravioli. No. That it has I mean, to actually be a pasta. We've had, we've had many an argument come through here. We're just, we just want your opinion. That's yeah. the question. Technically, yeah. the earth is a molten core surrounded by a hard crust, mm-hmm. so the earth is a ravioli as well. All it's actually, yeah. All said products are incredibly high in refined carbohydrate, so you probably shouldn't eat any of it. Mm. Yeah. Unless you're like about to go run a marathon or something, that's gonna yeah. Unless you're carb carb loading, but there's probably yes. a better source of carbs than yeah than that. Um, just saying. I'm and I do love a double crust Krause's yeah. pizza, but yeah. Uh, east side, west side. Always east side. Good. There's only one. Do they have a Krause's on the west side? Yeah, they I don't do. Know. They do. Yeah, oh, they do. Here. They do. I yeah. guess. And I'm pretty sure in our episode we decided that the only differentiation is location. Mm-hmm. What are you closer to? I don't know. Uh, and sitting in a room full of East Siders, which just feels icky saying out loud, but you know, I guess you would all say East Side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, East Side's definitely the best. Yeah. That's the second best. It might too. even be Strasburg. <laughs> okay. Um, now that it, that's wrong, yeah. and you know it. <laughs> and uh, then maybe the West Side, and then probably Dalton, and then obviously Canton is. Yeah. Yeah. You can't forget Navarre. Where do you put there's, Navarre in there? There's no Navarre. Oh, Kansas. We've heard like at least three. Is it right spots. down there by Menards? I've never even been there. I, uh, I think it's, it. no, it's right on the corner of downtown. Down isn't it? Yeah. Like downtown yeah. Navarre? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Downtown there's Navarre. There's a piece of shop there. I don't know if it's yeah. Krause's or not. Huh. If you if you like look me in the eyes, there's one in Shawsburg. I go there yeah. on the way to the Slob Acres. Yeah. But I think the one in Navarre's. By the subway down there, by Ooh, maybe. past Menards, right? Maybe. Listen, you'd like look me in the eye and tell me that confidently. I'll, I'll believe. Yeah, that. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm all, I'm pro Krauses. I guess anywhere you go. Yeah. Krauses is better than any Krauses. Better than no Krauses. But um, 
But I mean, you can't. That's the original is, uh, is the East Side Krauses. I mean, it's. Come on. Come on, Hank. We're closer to the West Side right now, and we already decided it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> location, location, location. Whichever one gives us a pizza. Yes. Has uh, and yeah, also our well, opinion that too. can be bought. The yeah. sponsor's probably going to... The first one to sponsor's probably going to be the best one. Yes. Oh, oh, far and away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but circling back around. So Pop-Tart is indeed a ravioli. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to sign off on that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't eat Pop-Tarts, guys. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I can't think of a worse... Uh, uh-huh. What about Eggos? <laughs> Any of that. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm cringing. I'm just watching like testosterone drop and uh, cutaneous fat levels increase just talking about it. Yeah. I mean, we don't eat Pop-Tarts on this podcast. That mm-hmm. must... Pop-Tarts wants to sponsor us, in which case they're the best breakfast food ever. <laughs> Listen, if we get a Pop-Tart sponsor... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, kids, but you got you better start your Pop-Tarts. And, <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, don't yeah. eat Pop-Tarts. Yes, don't eat Pop-Tarts. Unless that sponsorship comes to <laughs> Yeah, this podcast just took a turn. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's how they normally do. So I guess with that, uh, so Stu's final answer is uh, is a pop tart or ravioli. Don't eat pop tarts, kids. Correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. Correct. That's I'm sticking it. to it. All right. I guess my last last question. Uh, big Pink Floyd guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What song do you want to send us out on? Oh, uh, wish you were here. I expected nothing less. Yes, sir. With that, go Tigers. Pound the pups. Beat McKinley. Oh, beat the snot out of him. And discipline remains massively. Yes, and then neither would you, Derek, this star nonsense. No, it is it. I'm sure of it. Can you tell a green field?
cold steel rail A smile from a veil Do you think you can tell? Wish you were here